This is Cinema Spin. Hello, everybody. I'm Matt. I'm Jason. And welcome to a new episode of Cinema Spin, the only podcast where we you, we bring you the latest and the greatest of movie reviews new to theaters, and then we go back via the retro movie machine and review a movie from the olden the olden times. Chosen at random <laughs> from the past. This week we've got a couple more for you. We've managed to create another show, even though in this time it's uh, yet again we're forced to become a little bit creative in what we bring. But we keep rolling along. We do. We don't stop for nothing. Nope. So um, we had a brand new movie, a movie that was fairly new in theaters that we reviewed this week, and uh, why don't you tell us about it, Jason? Okay, it is Knock at the Cabin, the latest offering from director, writer-director M. Night Shyamalan. So uh, a seven-year-old girl named Wen is collecting grasshoppers in the woods when a man appears. Um, he says he wants to be her friend, but he's shaped like Dave Bautista, so we're thinking she should be careful. When three others appear in the forest, we know the gig is up. Uh, Wen runs to the cabin to her two fathers, Eric and Andrew. Uh, that's Jonathan Goff and Ben Aldridge. Uh, the strangers arrive and deliver the titular knock. Uh, they're armed now and take the family captive. Once bound, they explain to Eric and Andrew that they are very sorry. But they have the, the group has been having visions of the apocalypse, and these visions have led them here. Uh, and if and Andrew and Eric don't choose a member of their family to be sacrificed, then the world will end. So we're presented with a dilemma. Are these just nutso homophobes or is the end nigh? Um, and if the latter, what can be done? This is the latest, as I said, from M. Night Shyamalan. Um, let's begin here. Um, it is based on a novel uh, by Paul Tremblay called The Cabin at the End of the World. Um, and the first thing I don't like about this movie is the title. Based on a novel, Cabin at the End of the World, it should be called Knock at the Cabin Door, right? Um, you don't knock at the cabin. You knock on the cabin door, right? Or if you're knocking at the cabin, it's somewhere <laughs> arbitrary on the cabin yes. walls. You're right. not just... Um, so let's begin there. What did you make of Knock at the Cabin? Well, I, I apparently no one is a bigger... Twilight Zone fan than M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I think I like it, right. he really likes it. Yeah. Um, this movie is basically that, the Twilight Zone episode, mm -hmm. putting a limited number of folks in a certain scenario and seeing how it all plays out. Yeah. Um, for the most part, this worked for me. I wasn't bored enough to where I started to pick at it. Because mm -hmm. I don't think it stands to pickings real well. Oh, it sure doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> but since I didn't do much picking, mm -hmm. um, I sort of enjoyed it for what it was. It didn't overstay its welcome in my mind, really, at any point. So I, for the most part, enjoyed it. Yeah. It uh, The performances are good. Batista, who you said a man mm -hmm. shaped like Batista. Yeah, right. Uh, is there anybody else shaped like him? Because I don't <laughs> think so. He's Not got anymore. a unique, right. He's a unique have... look yes. um, of muscle mass and he maybe a... a little bit of a chunk. He is a hulking dude. He is a, an interesting looking fella. Mm -hmm. But I thought he was he was really good in this. He is really, really <laughs> he, he has ability to play a dude that looks super menacing but yet for some reason you're he's just totally disarming in a, in a, in a, in, in a way but yeah. yet keeps that edge of you right. got to watch this son of a bitch. Yeah. Um yeah, he, I, he really he really knows how to uh, I think he naturally has a, a kind of uh, a, a kind of uh, oh shucks kind of charm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and he, I think he really knows how to use his sort of physical mass to, to bring, uh, to undercut that, to sort of bring a, a, a menace to his roles. And I think that comes across in Drax, it but does. I think it's really put, put to good, really, really effective use by the actor and, and the director here. And, and I think that there's, you know, there's, you know, this is basically a, a, a typical home invasion story, mm-hmm. but the invaders, um, their motivation is such that they're sort of not malicious. Yeah. They're yeah. threatening, but not malicious. Mm-hmm. And I think that I, that was interesting to me a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. How'd you feel? You know, I, I picked on this right away. Um, but that said, this is mostly not bad. And maybe it's just because Old uh, came out so recently. Old's way worse than this. Old though. is way worse than this <laughs> movie. Um, and also, this was better than I expected based on the on the trailers. Because I watched, you know, I watched a trailer for this and I'm like, oh boy, here we go again. Another M. Night Shyamalan movie that nothing about the movie is going to matter until the fi- final 10 minutes, right? And we're not... We don't really get that here. Yeah, that's, um, this movie's mostly devoid of that. For... Yeah, um, I mean, there is uh, there is a determination of what is going on at the end. Of yeah, this. it's a non. Get... It's a, it's it's more. It's less of a twist than it's more of a clarification. Maybe. Yeah, you get to know. Let's let's say it this way: you get to know what's actually going on mm-hmm. in the outside world. This is. I mean. A big part of all of this is that they're up in a cabin far up in the woods, so you don't really know what's happening in the outside world, whether or not it's it's ending or this is just in their minds, right? And you you definitely get a, a and definitive and does that moment make you kind of say, eh? Um, to me, it kind of did. It, I mean, I, oh yeah, yeah. There, we'll we'll get to the end in a second, sure. right? And and uh, so um, you know, uh, I thought especially the un, unlike most movies, most of his movies where only the sort of the last bit really matters. Um, this is a movie I thought where the first half was was actually really well done and a lot yeah. more, more effective than the second half. I agree. Um, and uh, even though you have, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you can maybe call this men talking or, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, this movie is basically a bunch of people standing around talking about a dilemma, right? Yeah. It f- and it's a lot, more, obviously, a lot more sinister. That's why in that, in that respect, talking. it really reminds me of the Twilight Zone, you know, like the, yeah. the monsters on Maple Street or whatever. Right. And, and you're, yeah. Those, it, and you're trying to keep with Twilight Zone. You're trying to keep it to one or two sets, right? Know, right. right yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so for people kind of standing around talking, um, Shyamalan uh, really kind of knows how to sort of wrench all the uh, the drama out of that. And uh, this movie moves really well in a way that I think that especially a movie like Old just trickles. Yeah. Right. This movie really seems to have a, find a, a find a life and a rhythm to it. And for to be this type of movie, it very damn well better. You know, I mean, right? It, yes, it, this it, could be, and I expected it to be, just so excruciatingly paced. Yeah. So, and I, a lot of credit to the cast. The cast is just top top notch here, and they're all really doing everything. If they somebody's can. not good in here, it, you'd would really stand out. I think. Yeah, th- that's a, that's a really good point. If they, if there were somebody not on their game, uh, they would uh, stick out here, and uh, all all these people really, uh, you know, D- uh, Dave Bautista, Jonathan Groff, uh, really r- really bringing it. Um, so especially uh, Bautista, who's. Uh, a bit of a revelation here. I mean, we've seen he he can do he can play uh, some uh, he can he can add a little bit of depth to his sort of hulking tough guy uh, uh, bit, but uh, but nothing like this. I mean, he's he really, he's really kind of carrying this movie on his very broad shoulders. He and has he, does, to, he, he has to be on, or this doesn't work. And, and he does. Yeah, um, I agree. And the uh, the little girl when uh, Kristen Kiwi her is, first film role I think uh, yeah um, she's really good in this she too. was really good yeah and everybody's good um, 
That said, uh, yeah, we've got a movie here that's just silly and keeps getting sillier. And then by the by the uh, the decision on which way to go and. If you've ever seen, let's just say, if you've ever seen an M. Night Shyamalan movie, I bet you can guess whether the apocalypse ish happens or it doesn't, right? <laughs> right. Um, so, but uh, to arrive at the end uh, that he's chosen uh, re- requires sort of sapping the rest of the movie from any kind of uh, uh, moral or political nuance that it might have had or or taking away the idea that it might be a, a, a sort of metaphor or, or an analogy to something and just to turn it into a kind of off-brand Twilight Zone episode, you know? Right. Um, so, uh, I, yeah, I, I really, I mean, I shouldn't say I really hated the end. I saw it coming. In my, it never fooled me for a second, and so I guess I didn't really get too uh, attached to uh, the movie ending in either way, but it was, it's not great. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I felt I felt like it, it. The movie was probably going to end that, or maybe not the exact way, but it was, you know, something uh-huh. it, with that tone, definitely. Yeah, you know, if you start talking about people been giving, you know, divine premonitions, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, why <laughs> that, that kind of thing is, you know, they're arbitrary premonitions. What you know, if you're going to make somebody half clairvoyant, why not make them fully clairvoyant? Right. They know. They know enough to, I guess. I guess the GPS coordinates for that ca- that particular uh-huh. cabin out in the middle of nowhere uh, popped up in their dreams. Well, but they have no other details of anything. I mean, are, are we to presume that this is the work of some some uh, god? They never use the word the G word in this movie. They never do. No, no, right. But so, you got to uh, assume on, on some level. But well, yes, uh, yeah. Um, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is 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 if this is the work of the Lord, and he's he's the one in charge of everything. Why is he going to play these kind of games? Well, is he fair that enough. Bored? Is he that bored? Fair enough. <laughs> but are you? I mean, you're familiar with the Book of Revelation, right? <laughs> I'm familiar with it. Sure. There's there's a lot of mind games in that. <laughs> in the last chapter. You know, I grew there. up Catholic, so they, we like to stay away from that one. Yes, right. You don't imagine that one. So, uh, yeah, it's just a lot of silliness and it's a lot of, of, it's a lot of strange, strangely, uh, kind of non-religious religion silliness, you know, it's kind of counting on our, our, uh, sort of pop culture understanding of, of, uh, end times revelation rather than. Yeah. I mean, I, I like that the people that are in the home invaders, Mm -hmm. so to speak, I like that their motivation isn't. That they've been brainwashed, or well, maybe they mm-hmm. have to a certain extent. Yeah, but they're true believers. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And they yeah. believe in the, in their cause. And I just I like that they're basically good people doing things that they think are horrible things for good purpose. I guess is what they're doing. Uh, yeah. And I I, I thought that was interesting. I, I I thought that you know for me it was just I, I sort of liked the initial setup in the first half of the film, and that and the performances. You know, let me just ride with it. It didn't. If it would have stayed another fifteen twenty minutes, maybe I would have started to say, you know, come yeah, on yeah. to myself, you know. But it just never quite got to that point. So I, overall, I, I, I'm going to re- give this a slight recommend. It it wouldn't. It really moves I, well for the I, most I, part. I enjoy this. Yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, I would say if you if you see the trailer and you think the trailer looks interesting, you're probably going to like the movie. Um, yeah, I, that's probably fair. Um, and I mean, all, all, the only other thing I want to say about the sort of general arc of this movie and the choices that it makes in the end is. You know, I think on our way to that end, there is an opportunity to sort of um, make uh, those home invaders uh, 
have a kind of uh, political um, re uh, relevance uh, to our current times um, that uh, the finale really sort of like robs that of right it really sort of takes any uh -huh. all all of the wind out of out of that sail right um and uh and i don't, uh, I don't know that Shyamalan as a director has a lot of interest in that kind of thing i think he wants to yeah. keep it pretty that's true people munching on their milk duds popcorn film yeah, you know, he, he th then again he seems like he has uh, uh, a lot of like uh, he has a lot of pretensions to like big ideas and stuff, but he doesn't seem to be able to rein them into like a, well, a could, story. You know, maybe. Um, certainly not. Yeah, certainly. What I'm talking about certainly is is. I mean, I not think his big, style. big plot ideas, maybe not big philosophical ideas. Yeah. Um. So I I think th uh, this uh, this movie comes and goes pretty quickly. Yeah, this isn't going to be anybody's top 10 horror movies of the year list, I hope. <laughs> right, I hope I mean. not, right. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's, 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 a, a, I would give this an enthusiastic sort of, uh, right. Yeah, it's a worthy effort for me. I, I think I liked it more than I liked something like Smile in the end. Not by a whole hell of a lot, but by a little it's, bit. I would say it's about on the same level as Smile, I think. Yeah. I think this this movie has a lot more. Uh, the the good parts are good and and are are, are better, um, and uh, and so I don't know. Um, I mean, it's hard to compare those two. It is, yeah, it is sort of hard to compare those two. But um, yeah, the, the the like I said though that the performances here really elevate it. They're they're the main thing to uh, main reason to see this. Yeah, so. I agree. And and uh, Jonathan Graff, I really liked in this again. I didn't know if I singled him out, but it, it, this movie does sort of play into something that we. The type of role we've seen him be pretty good at in, uh, in something like Mindhunter. You know, uh -huh, he's yeah. a very uh, particular kind of guy. You know, right? Yeah. He's got you know, he's good at being sort of a bit kind of otherworldly. You know. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a, <laughs> that's really where to leave it because I mean, <laughs> eh, right? <laughs> yeah. Eh, but not not a super negative. Eh. Yeah. Not, like a, a, not a negative. Eh. eh. Right. <laughs> not entirely dismissive. <laughs> There's a there's a little bit here, right? Um, it's kind of like, um, well, I mean, I, I was gonna say the world's best worst cheeseburger is still pretty good, but I've had some pretty bad ones. So I've had I some bad cheeseburgers. Yeah, I don't want to go that yeah. far, but it's it's hard to fuck one up though. Yes, yes. You, you almost got to go out of your way, right? It's like bad pizza, you know, yeah. even bad. It's been done, so okay. but it's it's yes. it's it's hard to right. do. All right, well, that's gonna do it for knock at the cabin, <laughs> knock at the cabin. Knock at the cabin. Knock on the cabin door. It does knock, make a little more sense. Knock. Yes. I'm going to give you a little cabin. more credit. I'm going to give you some credit. There on that you one. go. See, I've been irritated by. I this. I hate is... to give you credit, but I know, <laughs> I know. You never give me credit. Reluctant to give you credit. I've been on irritated things. by that since I saw the title of the movie months ago. Stop it. <laughs> knock on the cabin door. We'll be right back. Listening to Cinema Spin. And just like that, we're back for the second half of Cinema Spin. Jason, I've got something a little special for you. Oh, I love <laughs> things that are special. I don't know how special it'll be in the long run, but something different. Okay. Okay. Um, Code of Silence was our random movie for True. this. True. So I want to tell us about it. 
Okay. Code of Silence. That will a- be exactly like every other show. I can't wait to see what the Code of is. Silence is a 1985 action thriller directed by Andrew Davis and starring Chuck Norris. It follows Lieutenant Eddie Cusack, a police officer in Chicago, who finds himself in the middle of a turf war between, vicious dr- between a vicious drug lord and a local gang. Cusack must use all of his skills to stay alive and protect the citizens of Chicago. With its intense action sequences and thrilling plot, Code of Silence is a classic 80s action flick that will keep you on the edge of your seat. (laughs) That is an intro to this movie that was written by AI. (laughs) Wow, that is good. That is is a twist. So, yes, uh, which AI? Uh, yeah, the... Open, oh, oh okay. o- open AI, uh, okay. the playground section of that. Okay. Now, yes. So with that, with well, that said, is that plagiarism? As a teacher, I'd say yes. Well, I give it credit. Sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just really did right. not try to pass it off as my own. Uh-huh. Now, what's interesting is, you know, you can do all sorts of things with this AI. Yes. One of the things I did was I I said I'd write a review of. Code of Silence in the style of Roger Ebert. Ah, okay. Now, I, it's not- Was that it? It's a, no. Oh, okay. it's, a, was, it's a pretty long paragraph, but mm-hmm. AI Ebert liked it. AI Ebert. And I think real life Ebert did too. <laughs> but, yes, he did. Um, you know, so you can do things like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, what I, want, I started to wonder when I'm playing around with this is, does it give every movie a positive review? And it kind of seems like it does. Ah, there's a weakness. So I said- Give Code of Silence a negative review. Ah, yes. And here's what it came up with. Uh-huh. Code of Silence is a movie that fails to deliver. <laughs> it has a good premise, but the execution is poor. The movie is full of cliches, and the characters are one-dimensional and uninteresting. The story also moves too slowly and is predictable. The action scenes are also unimpressive and lack tension. Furthermore, the dialogue is often dull and unimaginative. Overall, Code of Silence is a movie that is best left forgotten. <laughs> wow. Okay, so that's the negative review. Would you like yeah. to see the positive review? <laughs> <laughs> I think we heard the positive review. No, that first. was just a, that was a general. That was a non-spoiler oh. intro. Oh, okay. Right. The non-spoiler. The, right. Positive review is not long. Either. Okay. Code of Silence is a great action movie with an intriguing premise and a compelling story. The movie stars Chuck Norris as a cop determined to take down a criminal or- organization in Chicago. The action scenes are intense as Norris does an excellent job portraying his character. The story is engaging and unpredictable, with numerous twists and turns. The dialogue is sharp, and the characters are well-developed and interesting. All in all, Code of Silence is an interesting and exciting action movie, and a must-watch for fans of the genre. Now, which of those two would you say is closer to bullshit? (laughs) The second one. (laughs) I would agree with you. The question is, AI can write something technically, but can AI have an opinion at this point? This AI doesn't really no. seem to. No, they can't. Anyway, I thought I'd screw around that this week. Okay. How did you feel about Code of Silence? Uh, I'm glad that you, some combination of you and, and, uh, and robots did the synopsis here, because I'm still not entirely sure what this movie is about. <laughs> um Based on its title going in, I thought that the police conspiracy was going to be the focus of the story. You know, Code of Silence. Right, right but not so much. <laughs> so, I, so I assume the hit squad at the beginning were like bad cops, right? And uh, to to my horror halfway through, I realized that this was, oh, just like a gang war, right? And that I was supposed to be able to tell different generations of crazy Lunas from each other, right? 
I could not. Um, I could not either. I would have rewound if I had cared more. <laughs> uh, but yeah, as it turns out, the bad cops are barely a factor. That is a totally. But there are a lot separate- of them. There are a lot, yeah, right. That 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 uh, sort of sting at the beginning. Thirty There's characters like, in the first five right. minutes of this movie, right? And and where does it go? It doesn't go anywhere. The, I mean, the the the, the bad cop scenario is totally well, separable I, from the. Let rest me of tell them. you, I figured it out. Mm-hmm. The dirty cops are all in this movie, mm-hmm. so that they can all abandon him as a plot device. So he has to use the fucking robot. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. It's all about that fucking Speaking robot. Speaking ro- of robots, <laughs> is that what inspired oh, it, their artificial intelligence? I, 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 sort of. <laughs> okay. I don't mean uh, the robot in uh, that is Chuck Norris. I mean no. the other robot. <laughs> there is, okay, there is a crime-fighting robot in this movie. Because kids and kids, for those who don't remember, in 1985, everybody agreed that the future of law enforcement was robots. Is that did, did RoboCop come out in '85? Uh, like a year later. Okay, right. And then like uh, I don't know. Uh, didn't in Rocky Four, which also came out in '85, also has, has robots a robot were everywhere. Uh, short Circuit, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. These little uh, like tri track. Uh, what do we call the three? Uh, the the like uh, with the the, the tracks they, they they're on, right? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That type uh, of robot. three axle. That's what I'm thinking of. Uh, so uh, yeah. Um, so everybody was convinced uh, that. That's what's that's what robots were or that's what uh, cops were going to be like in the future. Intru- you can't c- just casually introduce a crime fighting robot in in the first part of your movie and then like not pay call back to that, right? <laughs> right. Because at the end, although I kind of thought they were going to not call back to that. Well, I was, I was, I w- just when I was thinking. Now wait a second. If you're going to cut out the. <laughs> The, the callback to the robot, the payoff of the robot, you got to cut off the, the introduction of the robot. Just when I was thinking, where is the fucking robot? <laughs> Boom, the robot's back. So, to you know, kudos there to Andrew Davis uh, for, uh, for knowing how to basically direct a movie, right? So, I uh, love the robot in, in the style of a 1980s robot. Um, he, uh, he's, it's remote control, but if you just tap on the pad for, te- for, <laughs> for 10 seconds, it can do everything on its own. Yeah, it, right? it just went. It could, you know, it could, it takes out an entire warehouse full of bad guys, or half of them. Let's, let's you know, give credit where it's due. Uh, it goes up like a makeshift Chuck ramp and shoots a guy off a tower. Right, yes. <laughs> it, could, it could land an F-15 on an aircraft carrier. It could do it all, right? Yeah. Uh, this movie I, I, sucks. I, I, <laughs> I think more robot. I think this movie needed more robot. They should have totally robot. leaned into the robot. Yes, and gave him a personality. Yes. Chuck Norris and the robot sidekick is a right. better movie yes. than this. Yes, or better yet, they were afraid robot. the robot would have more personality. <laughs> they were right. Robot with Chuck Norris as a sidekick. I have not seen that many Chuck Norris films, and now I think I know why. Yeah, he is like a fire hydrant of charisma <laughs> i don't think that that's i don't a mean reverse fire i don't mean hydrant. a gushing <laughs> right. i don't mean it's gushing i just mean the metal object <laughs> oh right it's just sitting there right, right yes it's just like yes he's he's the beige An unhooked of, up fire. <laughs> of uh of charisma yeah oh. uh yeah wow uh so chuck norris at this point he is competing for a screen time with with the likes of stallone and schwarzenegger right um who were going to win the action movie wars uh, and, and I think he's got a lot. He's got a little bit of clout here, though, because because don't you think he somewhere said in the in the I want to look smart in this one. I'm going to carry a Rubik's cube for a couple scenes. <laughs> I, I think this is a guy who who uh, really thinks a lot about his uh, 
really thinks he, he comes off way better than he does on screen. Right. Like he when he sees himself on screen, he must think, oh, wow, that guy's gorgeous. He, we can't lose. <laughs> because nobody, obviously nobody can tell him anything about style. Like nobody <laughs> can. I mean, he, you know, um, he's got so a lot not, of. Uh... There's not a single moment in this movie sort of spent on sort of building him up as somebody who um, is interesting or, or, uh, or, uh, stylish, or we get no want to be like right about um, him. You know, everything about him like screams dork from from like, <laughs> from the moment like like from his Letterman jacket right yeah, to his like very his like sensible working woman's haircut. And right? he wears kind of like an ascot at one point at the beginning <laughs> when he's like a tra- masquerading as a trash man. Right. At least some some movies would give you like, oh yeah, he's cool. He goes way back. He shot his way out of you know. This bank heist back in '75, and that's and, why everybody adores him. He's so cool, right? There's none of that in this. He's just standing around, yeah, dressed as a trash man. He looks bored. He looks bored, and so are we. <laughs> um, Exclamation so, point! Yeah, and uh, and I mean, with this editing, anybody could be a martial artist. I mean, he he <laughs> he, he gets you know he gets these roles in these movies um, because he was a taekwondo, you know, a great right, taekwondo right. champion. And granted, that kind of like hard punching style doesn't really make for like beautiful cinema, right? Maybe not um, like some other things, but do. N- n- yeah. But th- there's no moments, you know. There are better uh, uh, martial, uh, way better martial arts moments with uh, with Chuck Norris, right? And yeah. in this movie, is just you know a lot of quick cut editing with just a couple punches and a smack on the head, and then the guy's out, right? So, um, yeah, the uh, the the martial arts isn't good. Um, the action. Sucks. Um, yeah, there's like a car chase that sort of goes nowhere. And then there's a sequence where he's kind of like following people around who are following somebody else around that goes on forever. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. He's got to follow them to, to, to following her so that he can meet her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Something that I should mention before we get too deep in this movie in the opening scene that is sort of incoherent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're watching a, a drug. But a drug heist, well, it's not a heist, it's a sort of a drug transaction where there's trying to murder half the people that are in it. Right, where, yeah. But there's a guy who's trying to buy, uh, sell drugs or buy drugs. Mm-hmm. He's like a, he's got the worst haircut in the history of cinema. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's sort of a, it's sort of a helmet with a mullet. <laughs> it is just awful. But. It's like a Dudley Moore. Give me, he he said, <laughs> like give me the Dudley, Dudley Moore. Moore. Give me the Dudley Moore. <laughs> I'm talking Arthur era. <laughs> yes. And it does not work at all as a haircut. I mean, while, while we're, I mean, if if we're gonna really pick about uh, pick on haircuts, I couldn't get. I, I mean, you know, that's goon hair, right? Goon should have oh, bad mean, hair, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, sure. The, the yeah, the bad guy should have bad hair. I can't get past Chuck Norris's bangs in this movie. He's yeah, got, his like, hair sucks too. He's, yeah, granted it's the eighties, but yeah, ugh. he's got yeah, uh, uh, yeah. It's like he, okay, I hate to say this. No offense against anybody whose mom still cuts their hair, <laughs> but it looks like a mom haircut. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly does. <laughs> um. <laughs> So, uh, back on the robot. So, if the robot can do all that, right? The, so, the robot has, has got his back at, at the beginning of this. So, Chuck Norris goes into uh, this. You know, it, it's 
uh, it's your typical circa 1980s warehouse full of bad guys, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, who are set up, who have uh, kidnapped the girl, right? And they're holding her hostage, right? So Chuck Norris goes in, and you know he ta- he he kills I don't know a couple dozen of these guys, right? And then you know when things get bad. Then he hits a button and the robot comes in and just sort of like uh, fucking murders everybody, right? This is where it's like, you know, uh, it's doing it's sharpshooting. Oh, and it's it's awesome. got a, It's got a grenade launcher. He, by the way, casually has a grenade launcher. Yeah, he does. Point, right? yes. Which I'm sure everybody everybody on the Chicago PD just casually They've has. got uh, <laughs> some, good, some good equipment there. So... Anyway, I'm thinking, you know, uh, if if the robot is that good at blowing shit up and taking people out, why not send the robot in first, <laughs> right? As like shock troops, right? Yeah, they can soften everybody up, and they're like, oh shit, they've got robots. <laughs> we can't win, right? It's and true. then maybe they run out the back, and then you can go rescue the girl. Speaking of the girl, he goes in, he's shooting people, he sees the girl. Comes in, makes sure she's okay. She's tied up, like, hanging from the rafters. Yeah. Doesn't let her go. Doesn't cut her down. Is just like, okay, you stay here. <laughs> right? Right. It's like, could you, how about you cut me down just just in case you don't kill the other, you know, 30 guys that are well, waiting up. At first, you know, they show her and she's like, you can tell she's tied up and she's been sort of beaten or whatever. Right. She's got the one. Well, then they show she's little, half naked and you're like, what happened to this freaking poor girl? And I think well, we all know. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm sure that, yeah, uh, gangsters it, are and know, then, well behaved as usual. Okay. So you don't need all these cops. You don't need them all. They don't need to be in there. Apparently, yeah. this made Dennis Freena's career. He was an actual working cop at the time. Really, and he the they let him be in this movie because I think maybe some some of the other actors are too. Uh huh. But they um, and this this launched his career. Huh. Well, that's that's one way to get the uh, uh, the locals on your side. And Farina's role is you know paper thin in this. All he does is like uh, <laughs> he gets hurt in the opening. He, well, scene. he fantasizes about uh, re- what's he going to do after retirement. Yeah. Which when he came on the screen talking as a cop talking about what he's going to do after retirement, I'm like, oh, he's dead. He's going <laughs> to get killed, <laughs> right? I mean, right. how dumb you got to be a cop in a movie talking about what you're going to do after you retire. This this, this <laughs> movie no. does you know go against the grain in terms of things you do expect. Like I I thought the young the youngest cop who was like the um, the partner of the the dirty cop mm-hmm. i thought for sure he was going to die mm-hmm. but no these are just characters that are just hangers on to this movie that don't need to be there they're just there not motivating any action <laughs> right just it's all color now let's talk about background actors in this movie okay cuz there are several there are at least 3 actors who play chicago cops in this movie who the same director has as chicago cops in the fugitive in the fugitive yeah which okay. i thought was crazy <laughs> And the one actor I don't know if I've seen in anything else, the dark-headed guy. But the one, the 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 more the gray-headed guy, mm-hmm. I've seen him in a few things. Okay, as kind of playing the same grizzled cop kind of role. <laughs> uh, there's a guy in here who who uh, plays like a stick-up artist or something. They try to rob the police bar. Oh uh, right, yeah. He's he, he's no he he likes to twirl a toothpick in his mouth. Okay, his character. Mm-hmm. The same actor plays a character who likes to twirl a toothpick. In Uncle Buck. Wow. Also set in Chicago. Wow. So I don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, here. you really did your homework on And then on you've got the Chicago guy. Well, we start watching this movie. Characters. And the guy who plays the, the the bad cop at the beginning who who, who puts the handgun on the on the young boy who he mm-hmm. accidentally shot. Sarah's like, where do I know that guy from? And it took me a second. And I think Okay, he's the in the Home Alone movies. He's the guy in the fake movies. You filthy animal! <laughs> right. It's that guy. It's that guy. It's that. 
Was that was that a movie licensed for uh, to? I don't think those, like were, those, were, fake those were fake movies. Okay, yeah, right, right, <laughs> right. You filthy animal. Right. So wow. Yeah. So you, uh, uh, you really put it all together. You really constructed. Uh, hey, when you're this bored watching a movie, you've got to entertain yourself with uh, other things. Right. You got to think. What would AI make of this movie? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Certain things start to come over your mind. Yeah. AI is in the news a lot. I wonder what it would think of this movie. <laughs> Um, did you ever think during this movie that uh, uh, Chuck Norris was going to bang this girl they clearly say is 19? Because I was afraid it was going to happen. Uh, I was hoping that it wouldn't. <laughs> I was and hoping. it doesn't. It doesn't. Right. Uh, but um, then, then you sort of wonder, like... It's 1985. Yeah. Could he have gotten away with it? Oh, I, yeah. I think he definitely could have oh, gotten sure. away with yeah, it. Yeah, he could have gotten away with it. Yeah. It right, would have been certainly. weird. Right, it's, he has it's more of a fatherly it, boy. It would not have aired, uh, aged well. Um, <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, boy, yeah. he screams uh, like uh, dad in this movie. Yeah, right. Um, it's like he's the <laughs> he's the lack of of uh, sexual charisma as well as normal charisma. It is interesting that he seems so old in this movie when he's still around. He was so young in his career, and I think the the vibe doesn't change, right? Yeah. That he he seems like a guy who's just uh no fun in any way. N- not interesting in any way. Um can throw good punches, some good kicks, you know, um but um the dude makes so many movies, you know. Right, yeah, he just keeps keep going. keeps rolling. Right, keeps rolling. I I remember, you know, being very uh, you know, a lot in the time into into action movies and you know, at the local movie house, you just see whatever's there, right? And I remember uh, being very enthusiastic about other action movies, and uh, just Chuck Norris movies would keep coming out, and it was like, well, the best thing you can say about this one is there will be another one in six months, <laughs> right? Try again. Um, I had seen Invasion USA, which maybe uh, yes, he bl- maybe it add that one asks less doesn't need as much from its main actor as this does. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just another soldier, maybe the. Vietnam flat. Well, story. Invasion USA is terrorists. Oh, uh, you're right. Missing you're right, in right. action. Oh, missing God, I'm thinking of missing in action. Yeah, missing in action. Yes. Yeah, I, 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 my, um, my memory blended those two into one. Yeah. Well, I think that's the idea of releasing so many right uh, on I the think. heels of, uh, of one another. Um, but yeah, as, as you said, uh, Andrew Davis, the director here, for some reason or another, goes on to make much better movies uh, like The Fugitive. Um. Yeah, I mean, but I think the, the stuff he does with Seagal maybe is even better. I mean, definitely better than this. Mm-hmm. Under Siege, right? He did. Oh, Under Siege, right? Yeah, he did Under Siege. Oh, it's a way better movie than yeah, yeah than this. Um, yeah, and and uh, you know, those movies just better directed, just just directed in a way that that seems uh, like the uh, the whole story is kind of more coherent. The action is more more coherent. You can tell what's going on. The the as I said, you know, I joked about this before, but I but I really mean it. The uh, the gangster plot here is just so convoluted. It's like, who cares about all these characters and about this faction fighting against this faction, but worried that this guy is going to take over their faction when it's really this other guy that's going to like, oh, stop it, right? I know. It's like uh, the yeah. kingpins of the, you know, there's the gang, that's the Colombian gang. Yeah. But the Chicago... Then the Chicago the, gangsters. Yeah, that have no... They, you know, they're not really. But then they have different factions, right? But I mean, the gangsters, and... like the, the there's the one, the father of the of the the girl in, yeah. the, in this. He's hardly in the thing, right? He he 
he's on screen long enough to leave, basically. And then get murdered. He yells at his wife to pack him a bag. Mm-hmm. Which, I, you know. I'm, yeah. And then oh, okay. he gets murdered to yeah. motivate, you know, what exactly, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, this was uh, this was pretty tedious, especially for an action movie. There's a line here I wrote down. I thought it was funny. It's when uh, um, Chuck Norris has taken uh, the girl to uh, a friend of his uh, for safekeeping because she, he he doesn't believe that the witness protection would be good enough. Mm-hmm. He's, there's just too much danger there. Of course, <laughs> mm-hmm. they find her at, a, at his friend's house sure. awfully quick too. Right? Yeah. But they have a. T- a a, a tender moment, and once again, air quotes come into play. <laughs> he uh, he has the line, "What do you do if?" She says, "What do you do if you don't have someone?" He says, "You find someone," and she says, "Will you hold me?" Oh <laughs> yes, that, that, was, that was the one moment where I was like, where I thought maybe this was really gonna like turn. Yeah, like, I was like, "Oh my god, uh, are we yeah. doing this? <laughs> are, we, are we doing this or what?" Right. <laughs> yeah, thankfully we didn't. Can I but... call you Papa? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, gross. Um, so, but I did write down: Did we purposely cast unattractive people in this to make Chuck Norris look better? <laughs> there might really like be it. something to that. I it, mean, the uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think they were going for grit, especially if they're casting all these uh, uh, these dete- these real life detectives. But um, I mean, it, it sort of shows that none of these people are. Uh, are cast for their acting ability well, or their good looks. What the actor right. played the main villain, the Colombian villain Silva, I think is his last name. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember. Henry Silva. Yeah, he's been in tons of stuff as like heavies and and, mm-hmm. and bad guys. Um, you know, looks are not his thing, <laughs> <laughs> but he play he does have a menacing face. That's for sure. Yeah, a yeah. good villain face. It doesn't work very well here because it's. Yeah, I mean the faces, I guess, have a lot of character, but the it doesn't really it doesn't add up to any sort of energy. Yeah. Yeah. This movie has just got. I mean, I wouldn't call it ambition because it doesn't. It doesn't amount to anything. But there's just. I mean, why are there so many characters in this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but the, there, there definitely is the point at which in in a movie that has too many characters, where you're like, okay, I need to remember who that is, and I need to remember who that is, and then you're just like, no, I. I <laughs> How about no? How yeah. about I'm just gonna uh, I'm just gonna stop. Sort of yeah, that's right. How, how long does this thing have left? I can tell who these characters are and sort of what they want. Oh, I, I know I hit my watch, or I'm, I, I I purposely paused the movie to see how much time was left, <laughs> yeah. and there was thirty minutes left, and I was like, oh my god, this thing has thirty minutes. But then the robot came back. Well, the robot <laughs> the robot did did come back for a little while, and that that helped, I guess. Yeah, but yeah, this is this. This has a few good reviews out there. People like this movie. Yeah, uh, two thumbs up, Siskel and Ebert. <laughs> what world do we live in? I don't understand this anymore. That was, that was a rough week for movies. This this, this was... Uh, this is a stinker. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Count Me is not a fan of Chuck Norris now. I think I, you I think you can really... I, I, know, uh, I know your love for uh, Charles Bronson. Oh, yeah. Cut. I'll lump it in with him. Uh, so uh, anyway, yeah, uh, and I think that uh, Norris is really trying to distinguish himself as maybe uh, of you know a graduate of the Chuck of, of the uh, right, Charles Bronson Charles Bronson School. School of Acting, where you just kind of you kind of squint 
and then squint a little more, but then like don't change expression, you know? Yeah. He, and he that would, was plenty. Just let the facial hair do the rest, right? Maybe he was hoping to step in, you know, and, and take over the, the mantle for, for, from Bronson at that point. Yeah. But he didn't realize they were going to make nine Death Wish movies. Because <laughs> I know they were still making them in the 80s. Definitely. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, you know. they were. Uh, so, yeah, this this was a tough, tough one to watch for me. One of, one of the hardest movies I've had to get through. I just... Oh, yeah. I was really, you know, 35 minutes of this movie did not make me want to watch more, you know. <laughs> and I just uh, kept putting it off and kept putting it off and kept putting it off. I don't off. know if I would go as far as one of the harder movies to get through. Um, it wasn't a way, was... I mean, just, a, just this movie didn't captivate a cell in my body. <laughs> <laughs> this movie definitely has negative charisma, right? It, it does. Um <laughs> it didn't captivate. <laughs> no, you would never get a review like that from a bot. I wouldn't right? think so. Right. No, they <laughs> this did not captivate a cell in my body. Although you know they they scour the internet for uh, for uh, for human conversations and cut and paste from that. So uh, maybe it's out there now. If you're listening, that's true. Uh, it's in the netherverse. Mo- <laughs> movie review robots. <laughs> this movie did not captivate a cell and mass body. If I see that reused, I'm going to be ticked. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to know where that came from. Okay. Well, let's see. Where are we at? We're going to do another podcast next week, I think. Yes. We're going to try. And we're going to have a new movie. A uh, movie that, well, we don't know what it is yet. Yeah. Let's just come, I'll just come clean. Yes. I'll pretend we know what it's going to be, but we will by next we'll, week. <laughs> we'll tell you when the time is right. Hey, you don't need to know basis listener. You don't need to know everything. Mind your own business. I can tell you that we're going to have a random movie to pair it with, and uh, we're going to find out what that is. Okay. George C. Scott stars in 1971's Patton. The Hospital. That, oh, The Hospital. Patton would have been 70, so it would have been so the movie. 1970, ma- this is, yes, this would be. Hot been. off. Uh, hot off. The, pa- the Patton. Patton, yes. <laughs> the Hospital. I hope this is as good as Patton. Um, I have not seen this movie. I have heard of it. I, I think it has something to do with the healthcare system. <laughs> it's a commentary on the healthcare system. <laughs> Probably is. So there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll be the show. Something to be named later and the hospital. Please join us next week. We appreciate every listener we have, the whole lot of you. And uh, please join us next week. And bye for now. Bye for now.